time for the April 21st, 2023 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review, a personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on Banana Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And as always, offering a rich variety of seasonings for every taste. Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah, Mahler. A little bit down today, aren't you, boy? Yeah, he seems... Is that what's going on? Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Today, we'll be talking about Garbage Patch Kids, Tear Gas Tuesday, a bad boy military romance, <laughs> unacceptable words, and so much more, but first. Mm-hmm. Have you ever shoplifted, Mike? Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. I was the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The, the team captain? I stole a pack of gum and I got caught. Oh. Yeah. I have a vague recollection that it was a dare. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm not prone to that you kind of thing. stole a pack of gum. I stole, so and I what got was caught. this, like last week or something? Yeah, it was a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. From the New York Times. New York City's storefront businesses already weathering inflation and an uneven recovery from the coronavirus pandemic are also contending with what police say is a dramatic increase in shoplifting. Apparently a lot of gum is being stolen there. I'm a trendsetter. Yeah, you you do that. But statistics also revealed a skewed reality. Hmm. Nearly one-third of all shoplifting arrests in New York City last year involved just 327 people. What? Yeah. All the shoplifting arrests. Collectively, they were arrested and re-arrested more than 6,000 times. (laughs) 327 people. Yeah. Some engage in shoplifting as a trade, while others are driven by addiction or mental illness. And their shoplifting victims... The shoplifties, I think they're called, uh-huh. are also concentrated. 18 department stores and seven chain pharmacy locations accounted for 20% of all complaints. Wow. So it's a lot of the same people on both sides of the arrangement. Yeah. These petty thefts are one of the main drivers of New York's overall crime rate, even as murder, shootings, and other violent crimes have continued to drop. It's just a small group of people yeah. robbing reliable merchants. Or is it chains? Are they doing chains? Well, maybe it's just convenient for them to go to a particular yeah. store. Yeah. Maybe they, the stores have a, yeah. a weak spot that yeah. they yeah. are keep going back to. Or, yeah. or maybe they're friends of the people there, you know. And Could be an inside to, job. I have to call the police again, yeah. Joe. Yeah, Could be. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Well, it could be somebody on the inside is getting some a kickback on the gum. Think so? Is Maybe, that, yeah. The gum kickback? The gum, they get a stick? Yeah, they get a stick. Or, for every pack, they get a stick. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Okay. We were, I had a little thing going. Yeah. From National Geographic. The Atacoma Desert in northern Chile stretches from the Pacific to the Andes across a vast expanse of dramatic red-orange rock canyons and peaks. That sounds like the Andes that I remember. It is the driest desert on Earth and so closely resembles the surface of Mars that NASA tested planetary rovers there. Today, however, the Atacama is also one of the world's fastest-growing dumps of discarded clothes. 
thanks to fast fashion. Fast fashion. The rapid mass production of inexpensive clothes. Yeah. Fast fashion. Fast fashion. Phenomena has created so much waste that the United Nations terms it an environmental and social emergency for the planet. Between the years 2000 and 2014, clothing production doubled, and consumers began buying 60% more clothes, wearing them for half as long as they once did. Yeah. The other factor that they really didn't bring up is that they've gotten cheaper. Yes. The materials have gotten thinner. Yes. They're not as luxurious or whatever you want to say. as durable as they used yeah. to be. As durable. They're, just real quick, the big picture in all of this used to be that every there was the fall season fashion, the spring season fashion. There used to be kind of a four-season fashion yeah. introduction. The, 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 the stores would roll out their fashions for those periods of time. Uh-huh. And they figured out, no, wait a minute, we can have, uh, every two weeks, we can have a new reason for people to run out and buy new clothes. And that's a matter of advertising, one of your favorite industries, and also greed, and people who don't give a damn about the environment. Today, three-fifths of all clothing ends up in landfills or incinerators within a year of production, a statistic that translates into a truckload of used clothing dumped or burned every second. Most of those facilities are in South Asia or Africa, where the nations receiving those loads can't handle the amount. In Chile's Atacoma Desert, the scene has been dubbed the Great Fashion Garbage Passage, in a variation of the better-known Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Colossal piles of discarded clothes with labels from all over the world stretch as far as the eye can see. Much of the clothing in this heap is made of synthetic materials that do not biodegrade. In 2016, Chile passed an environmental waste law, where the Atacama is, uh, calling it extended liability of the producer. The law makes producers and importers accountable for six categories of waste, including lubricant oils, electronics, batteries, and small batteries, and containers and packages and tires. Textiles, however, were not included. Currently, the Chilean Environment Ministry's office is working to add three more product types to the extended liability of the producer law, including textiles. So they're working on it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I shouldn't have bought Muller that nice sweater this year. He's, yeah, yeah. He's already well, torn it to shreds. Yeah, Speaking of garbage patches, from Scientific American. Plastics floating in the massive Great Pacific Garbage Patch are home to strange new mixes of coastal and marine species. These garbage patch kids, as we might like to call them, increase the odds of biological invasions wrecking havoc on nearby ecosystems. In other words, you got a bunch of animals in places that they aren't normally. Scientists have long known that critters such as worms, crustaceans, and mollusks could make their home on plastic debris. Animals have even crossed the Pacific Ocean on these makeshift rafts after the devastating uh, tsunami in Japan in 2011. But new research finds that plastic is providing a home for coastal species to thrive in the open ocean thousands of miles from shore. And some of these species are reproducing despite the alien environment. The scientist identified 484 invertebrates on the plastic from a surprising range of species, many of them commonly found near coastlines of the Western Pacific, 
including jellyfish, sponges, and worms. Plastic isn't just carrying coastal species out to sea, it's creating unnatural neighborhoods that researchers call neopelagic communities. These unnatural communities may harm traditional open ocean residents that are used to living on natural debris because the intruding coastal creatures can compete for space and food or even eat their neighbors. Yeah. If you're thinking about eating your neighbor, may I recommend a donation to KUCI instead? Just go to KUCI.org. Your gen generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. From the Texas Tribune, mm. about 18,000 cattle were killed in a dairy farm fire in Dimmit, Texas. The episode appears to be the largest mass death of cattle in a single fire, not only in Texas, but also across the United States in at least two decades. During that period, more than six million animals have been killed in barn fires, which are often caused by electrical malfunctions. Less than 1% of the animal casualties have been cattle. Cattle have died en masse in other circumstances. In 2016, a blizzard killed more than 35,000 dairy cows in Texas. The following year, some cattle farmers in California lost their herds and livelihoods in devastating wildfires. Mm -hmm. Now keep in mind, we got 18,000 cattle going up in uh, flames on this dairy farm in Texas. <laughs> keep in mind that every month globally, 890,000 cows per day get slaughtered for food. Yeah, 890,000. Yeah. How do you like your steak there, buddy? I'm sure there are a lot of steak jokes at the investigation after the fire. Yeah, you know? limited liability partnership. Anybody got some barbecue sauce? <laughs> I got some ribs over here. Anybody? That's awful. But then again. But then again. It's how we deal with the horror. From Grist magazine, mm -hmm. oh. after a nearly two decades long permitting process, a 732 mile transmission line capable of sending power from what will be the largest onshore wind farm in North America to Western states got the green light last week. Hey, good. The Bureau of Land Management gave final approval to begin building the $3 billion Trans-Western Express high-voltage transmission line. Fantastic. The infrastructure project will deliver 3 gigawatts of power from the 600-turbine Chokeberry and Sierra Madre wind energy project, which broke ground this year in a former coal mining community in Wyoming, to grids in Arizona, Nevada, and California. That's enough energy to power about 2 million homes. I wish they wouldn't put it that way. I mean, I hope that the homes that are already existing, you know, I would yeah. like that to happen. Yeah. But they make it, and I'm sure they will look at it as a real estate opportunity. Like we can put in 2 million more homes. Yeah. The 18-year wait for this transmission line is a reminder of how complicated permitting processes can slow the country's transition to clean energy. Yeah. Projects built on federal lands are subject to the Natural Environment Policy Act, which dictates the environmental review process. Yes. The Policy Act does not include time limits for when environmental reviews must be completed. 
Also, transmission lines often cross multiple states, creating opportunities for opposition and bureaucracy from multiple jurisdictions. The TransWest Express crosses four states through both public and private lands and required approvals from federal, state, tribal, and local agencies, as well as some determined property owners. All right. Well, you know, the hope would be in something like that is that once you've established something that that's as sprawling as that particular project is, uh -huh. they may have learned a few things, including, just spitballing here, making sure that Republicans have no possible way to stop it from happening. Getting them out of the process would be helpful, so remember to vote. Oh, I would think liberals had just as big a hand in Probably. slowing this yeah. process yeah. down as, yeah. as, uh, well, yeah, as Republican yeah. uh, ranchers. Well, let's just say that I'll amend my statement and say it got through. Maybe this is a blueprint for getting more of those things through. I'm just kind of mixed about what's going to happen to the power and why the heck we aren't using less power. Yeah. I'm glad it's transitioning to the uh, yeah. to electric power here. That's yeah. wonderful. I'm glad it's wind power instead of nuclear power. It seems like the whole idea of, as you said, modernizing the grid, modernizing our homes in a way that make us more energy efficient. It seems like that has been de-emphasized quite a bit. I remember yeah. there was a period of time when everyone talked about how much we could save if we switched over to different kind of light bulbs or all kinds of things. It seems like that message has is, is been de-emphasized in some way. Oh, yeah. I don't hear it as much, and, but it's very important. It's a very, very important part of it. From Politico, Germany is shutting down its last nuclear power plants this Saturday, the Emlins plant and two others, as part of an energy transition agreed to by successive governments there in Germany. That's for 35 years, the Emlins plant in northwestern Germany has provided millions of homes with electricity. Germany long ago decided to phase out both fossil fuels and nuclear power over concerns that neither is a sustainable energy source. The closure delayed for several months over feared energy shortages because of the Ukraine war is seen with relief by Germans who have campaigned against nuclear power. The region already produces more renewable energy than it consumes and aims to become a hub for hydrogen production using wind and solar power in the coming years. Yes. One of the world's biggest clean hydrogen production facilities is due to begin operating near Lingen there this fall. Can I say, can I give you a however in that story? Because uh -huh. I read that about that story. And that is... They are supplementing some of the shutdown of those plants with coal. Now, they're saying that's a temporary bridge to renewables, but there was some consternation on the part of the environmentalists there that coal was part of the uh, equation. Yeah, and again, it would be nice to think if people were cutting back on, on their energy uses. Yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how has Fox News been treating you, Mike? <laughs> oh, it's been, a, it's been a blast to watch Fox News the last mm -hmm. week or so, leading up to the uh, 
defamations. That's so, that's where I yeah I part with you. I can't imagine wasting any of my time yeah. watching people make fools of themselves. I know, but you do apparently. Yeah. You like it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I like is a word I wouldn't use, but there is a certain Schadenfreude in watching Fox News right now, but uh, it's really not. You know what? They have just hardly missed a beat. They yeah. just they figured out another way to not talk about it. In fact, it was only mentioned once so far on the air, the, the actual settlement itself. <laughs> right, and they didn't give the number. The, the guy, yeah. Howard Kurtz, is their media critic, on, and I, I was using air quotes over that, uh, that uh, came on the air to say there's been a settlement, and they, they couldn't confirm the sources on the amount. Now, this is Fox News who settled the suit, uh-huh. and their on-air media critic could not confirm the amount. That yeah. Fox News paid. And that gives you some idea of where they're at. From our good friend Charles Pierce at Esquire, yeah. there's no real point anymore in expecting most American corporations, large and small, to act as though patriotism is their most important allegiance. Yeah. While the Fox Dominion settlement included a $787.5 million payment from Fox, Dominion had originally sought $1.6 billion in damages. Yeah. It did nothing to help prevent Fox News from spreading lies. No. We are pleased to have reached the settlement of our dispute with Dominion Voting Systems, the Fox Corporation said in a statement. We acknowledge the court's rulings, findings, certain claims about Dominion to be false. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. Yeah. No, it didn't. You were caught lying. Yeah. You had to pay a fine. Yeah. If you're racing down the street 120 miles an hour and you're caught and you have to pay a fine, you don't say this represents the highest safety standards. Yeah. We're, yes, that you're adhering to the highest safety standards on America's roadways. We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with dominion amicably instead of with acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. Yeah. Well, first of all, what issues precisely are they moving forward from? The issue of a major propaganda network masquerading as a news channel and dishing out lies to its gullible viewers that make them pick up that old can of bear spray and head to (laughs) Statuary Hall? Yeah. Is it that issue? I don't know. Here's what should happen next, according to Mr. Pierce. Major cable providers should drop Fox like a hot rock, especially if it raises its rates to help pay off its settlement. Yes, they're talking about it raising a dollar per per cable provider. So... Ultimately, that means that everyone in the country who gets cable yeah. will be paying for it. Yes, that's right. Anyone who pays for any service that includes Fox News is going to be paying because Fox News has lied to you. Fox should immediately, this is number two, Fox should immediately lose its credentials to cover any institution of the federal government on the grounds that it's manifestly dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, real journalists should treat Fox and its employees as leprous outcasts and not as colleagues in the business of informing the public. And number four, according to Mr. Charles Pierce, uh, they should rescind the memberships of any Fox employee in any professional organization. I think that the 
best thing about the settlement was that they're going to pay a lot of money. That's that's the best thing that will come out that's of this. That's pretty much the only thing that it, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there is, there is some, and although I did read that they they have insurance for this kind of stuff. Now, how much the insurance covers of this, who knows, and who at some level, who cares? The worst part of it was we were deprived of the opportunity to watch Rupert Murdoch, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, to be on the stand and to say, yes, I knew it was a lie, and yes, I said it on the air, and it was a lie. I knew it was a lie when I said it. That's the thing that will pierce, I believe that would actually pierce this bubble. Because I think the one thing about Fox viewers... Well, the bubble that Fox viewers have around their helmet. Around their helmet. The one thing about Fox viewers that I know, personally know, is that they don't want to believe that or think they're being conned. They believe everything Fox News says, but if they think that the guys who are telling that are lying to them in that sense that they're being conned into being told something that they know is not true, that might have an impact. Not what they're saying about Hillary and the pedophiles in the Democratic Party. That they think they're being conned. I think that would have an impact on them. I do. So, Unfortunately, here's what will happen. Yeah. The cable providers will cave, pay Fox an unseemly amount of the cable package, and because of that, we'll all end up indirectly making Fox settlement good. Fox's Peter Ducey will continue to spread his lies in the White House press room, and the liars and poisoners of the Fox News channel will dance the night away at the next White House correspondence dinner. Smartmatic, another victim of Fox defamation, will find a nice check waiting for it on the courthouse steps, too. All these things will likely come to pass because American corporations, even the ones that own large media outlets, have the dedication to democracy of a sea urchin when it might impinge on their bottom line. Dominion voting system was just doing what modern American corporations do. And that's the other part of this. You know, you want there to be more to this. You want there to be a humiliation of the people who lied. But Dominion wanted money. Yeah. Well, I don't know if this will matter. Maybe it won't. Probably not. But Smartmatic is suing for $2.7 billion. billion. And maybe, just maybe, that outcome that I described may happen. But I, I wouldn't hold my breath. When it comes right down to it, it's not Dominion's job to make whole our commitment to our republic. In other words, it's not their job to be patriotic. That's our f***ing job, and we've shirked it long enough. Right. One last. Charles Pierce speaking. I I agree with Charlie. He's always always solid. One thing I think you need to say, corporations, even though the law says they're people, they're not. And they're sole responsibility, the reason for their existence, their fiduciary responsibility is to maximize profit and everything else be damned. As uh, my good friend uh, Sheldon would say, I'll believe that uh, corporations are people when Texas executes one of them. (laughs) And in a PR statement similar to Fox's from Wired magazine, just four minutes After liftoff from the SpaceX's launch site in Boca Chica in southern Texas, when the Starship stage was supposed to separate from the super-heavy rocket, both the stage and rocket experienced a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. 
a euphemism not unlike Fox's statement, <laughs> that Elon Musk and his SpaceX colleagues sometimes use for a rocket blowing itself apart due to a system failure. So that's what they said. Can you give me that phrase a again? A rapid, unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> that almost, it almost sounds like a joke. Like they, like well, a, yeah, a, it an is. intentional it joke. It is a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Here's more of what they said. Everything after clearing the tower was icing on the cake. <laughs> Hell, I'll go there and clear the tower if you want, said SpaceX commentator Kate Tice, celebrating the success of having their rocket blown to smithereens. Oh, my God. As we promised, an exciting end to the Starship's inaugural integrated test flight. Uh. Well, the exciting part of it uh, that I was seeing was all the debris that was raining down in particulates in areas of Port Isabel and some of Texas' most pristine shorebird habitat. That stuff just doesn't go up when you shoot it up. When it blows up, it flies into billions of pieces, and there's all that fuel, and God knows what kind of plastics and pollutants, yeah, undou- cadmium, uh, God uh, knows what, undoubtedly. is dropping down on a migratory population yeah. of birds and on humans in that area. Yeah. Wow. A By success, way, though. Yeah, it was a, wild, a resounding it, it, success. If you were looking success. for a wildly successful launch yeah. right there. I, I can hardly wait till they have a manned one. <laughs> then we can have a real success. Yeah. And just along those lines today, as far as uh, bad PR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just projecting, but uh, a Russian warplane accidentally bombed the uh, Russian city of Belgorod. Okay. Apparently it went off course, or or Putin tripped on his dick, or God (laughs) knows what happened. But uh, as far as I know, no one was killed, but it blew a big hole in its own uh, city. A successful public works project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way, that's the that's way, way Putin yeah, will yeah. characterize it. Yes. If only he'd get his advice from Elon Musk <laughs> or Fox News. Fox News, yes. Yeah. From The Guardian, on June 2nd, 2020, residents of Portland, Oregon, took to the streets of downtown to protest the murder of George Floyd. To break up the crowds on what's been called Tear Gas Tuesday, the Portland Police Bureau repeatedly deployed tear gas. Now, that's what you do. It's Tear Gas Tuesday. Well, that's what they've been trained to do. (laughs) I'm kidding. You know, that's I know. know. Everybody wants to drag on the police, and yeah, to some degree, but that's what they're expected to do. That is their job. Yeah. And it's up to us to hire politicians who maybe can see through that and try and change the system a little bit. Now a groundbreaking analysis reveals how Portland was blanketed with toxic chemicals at more than 50 times the level federal (sighs) federal regulators consider immediately dangerous to health or life. The findings contradict the police department's assertions in internal reports where officers defended their heroic actions, saying police showed extreme restraint and observed no injuries from the spraying and used tear gas to target specific individuals. The analysis builds on existing reports and litigation alleging the months-long tear gas use during the summer of protest caused severe injuries, long-term health problems, and environmental hazards. 
In the 15 locations sampled, the analysis found many that exceeded an airborne concentration of 100 milligrams per cubic centimeter of tear gas, well above the 2 milligrams per cubic centimeter of tear gas limit federal regulators consider immediately dangerous to human life or health. The analysis estimated ground-level deposits of tear gas particles spread at least half a mile across downtown. The highest recorded airborne concentration was roughly 4,500 milligrams per cubic centimeter of tear gas. Remember, it's only two milligrams is what the federal regulations yeah. call for. That's more than 2,000 times the federal limit. The tear gas reached the nearby Williamette River, potentially polluting surrounding farmland and multiple wildlife refuges. The analysis found that Portland officers indiscriminately sprayed tear gas despite its own policies, which direct officers to consider proximity to schools, hospitals, freeways, and other facilities, and to minimize exposure to non-target persons. By the way, tear gas was a tool created in the First World War and later banned as a weapon of warfare. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Even though it is still banned in warfare, uh-huh. even now. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it is, but it's banned, according to the uh, UN, Chemical Weapons Convention. However, the Chemical Weapons Convention of the UN says it can be used for domestic riot control purposes. As a non-lethal Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, the concentrations are all different, but still, it's okay to use the gas to control your own population. You just can't use it against somebody else. Yeah. What are the consequences of them letting these people demonstrate until they get tired? What are the consequences? You know, what, in other words, just let them. Well, you'd have to ask the people who are. Yeah, I'm just curious if you you knew if they're just. Just let them do it until they just. Go home. Not riot, but let them demonstrate. Well, this, go the whole system, you know how that would work, right? I mean, there's yeah, people your, would complain they couldn't yeah, get to their you store have, you or have, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Some people there that would be complaining to their politicians. Yeah. The politicians would lose yeah. their jobs. Yeah. Okay. They don't want to lose their jobs, so they put pressure on the police to try and control the situation. The police have their own agenda. Yeah. From the Huffington Post. Nearly six years after an ugly bunch of white nationalists looking eerily like brown-shirt Nazis marched with torches, chanting, Jews will not replace us, and erupted in violent clashes with people who were against neo-Nazi scumbags in Charlottesville, a grand jury in Virginia indicted many of them on felony charges for carrying flaming torches with the intent to intimidate. This is six years ago. Yeah. And they finally, I mean, well, that's good. It's a good delayed justice, but uh, okay. Yeah. Six. The charge carries a maximum penalty of up up to five years in prison. In case you don't remember, after these racist goons marched at the University of Virginia campus chanting their hateful slogans, D.J. Trump, you remember him, Mm -hmm. former president D.J. Trump, who was our president at the time, said there were very fine people on both sides. Mm Mm-hmm. Except some of them will probably end up in prison. Yeah, it also led to oh, it also it. led to one one death. That uh, yeah. lunatic driving a car. Yep. And in other goon squad news from the Lansing State Journal, 
a heavy machine operator whose bare-chested macho modeling job landed him on the covers of romance novels, was sentenced to three years in prison for assaulting police officers during the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. Logan James Barnhart, 41, of Holt, Michigan, was part of a mob that confronted officers at the archway leading into the Capitol building and that dragged one of the officers down the steps into a violent crowd, where the officer was further beaten with a flagpole and a baton. With the help of online crowdsourcing efforts, Barnhart, who once posed for the covers of romance books like Stepbrother Unsealed, a bad boy military romance. That was about the SEALs, you know, the Navy SEALs. Yeah. Yeah. Was arrested in 2021. He was sentenced to 36 months in prison and 36 months of supervised release after pleading guilty to assaulting law enforcement officers with a dangerous weapon. He was also ordered to pay a fine of $3,688 and restitution of $2,000. From Alternet, conservative commentator Ann Coulter has come out swinging lately against the Republican Party's crusade to outlaw abortion. You remember Ann Coulter, right? Yeah. The sultry blonde. Yes. Or at least she wanted to be a sultry blonde. Yeah. What do you think? Was she sultry? She was. Can, I'm, I'm going to live to regret this statement, uh-huh. but there's so many others, so what the hell? Uh-huh. I thought she was pretty, <laughs> um, you know. Voluptuous. Well, I would, that's not the word. Slinky. It's a, this is slang, it's a slang term. On. It's a slang term that I can't use on the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This week, the person who can be described by a slang term that Mike can't cannot describe use. Definitely on air. cannot use can't on the air. air. Yeah. 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 This week, Coulter fired off another round of criticism on Twitter. This might make you like her even more. Yeah. Compromise solution on abortion. Ban abortion for registered Republicans only. <laughs> That's what she wants to do. That's what Coulter oh. wrote. You like that? So if you're a registered Republican, you go in for a medical procedure. Yeah, can I can I see your, what party are you affiliated? Excuse me, what is with? your party affiliation? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you cannot have an. Abortion. Are you a liberal <laughs> or are you a registered Republican? <laughs> well, you can't have that. Uh. This follows similar complaints that Coulter has lodged in recent weeks toward right-wing lawmakers who keep digging their heels in deeper on the issue of reproductive freedom. <laughs> Good for her. She said some horrible things, oh, and she wants wants attention. She's yes. one of those. I yes. think that's what it's all about. Yes. yes. I think she's not very deep. She she she's, can turn a phrase in a yeah. in a perverse kind of way. She's yeah. actually uh-huh. pretty adept at that. But she's absolutely yeah. Despicable. I like this proposal though. Yeah, I'm all in favor of it. If we can get the Supreme Court to agree to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. From the National Review. Penguin Random House released an edition of the books of English author P.G. Woodhouse that removes prose deemed unacceptable. Woodhouse joins a growing list of prominent authors, deceased and living, whose works have been tinkered with, including Roald Dahl, R.L. Stein, and Agatha Christie. The release includes new editions of the Jeeves and Wooster stories, 
that include trigger warnings. Trigger okay? warnings, okay. Trigger warnings. So if you buy one of these books, uh-huh. the warning, for example, on the opening pages of the new issue of Thank You Jeeves reads, Please be aware that this book was published in the 1930s and contains language, themes, and characterizations which you may find outdated. In the present edition, we have sought to edit minimally words that we regard as unacceptable to present-day readers. Yeah. It kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Because, not because I want to read those words, but because I like the perspective of history yeah. where I can see how people thought. Exactly. And not have everything cleaned up for me. Well, I want to know about Caligula. Yeah. I want to know about Adolf Hitler. I want to know about Genghis Khan. Yeah. Makes me wonder, is the Bible next? Well. Are they going to take away stonings? Point. Right, right. Yeah, good point. Well, also, since I see the whole world through the uh, prism of cinema, I want to see uh, Birth of a Nation. I want to see Gone with the Wind. And I, in I, in be, its original form. Yeah, I, I wanna, don't want to clean this up. Because this was considered normal social attitudes about this, especially the birth of a nation. I mean, honestly, for anybody who actually wonders why we are where we are, this is the most, I think by percentage of population, still the most watched film in the history of cinema was Birth of a Nation. Yeah. As a percentage of the people who, from the nation who watched it, Woodrow Wilson hosted a screening at the White House yeah. and said it was the greatest movie that could ever be made. Right. And it's deeply racist. Yeah. Now, if you change that, people will not know the type of change that occurred over the last century. Yeah. That's a shame. That's, a, that's taking away from the intellect of people. If you want to know, know what they're accomplishing with yeah. it. Yeah. Why are we where we are? Those are the kind of perspectives you have to have. And finally, <laughs> from the Associated Press, Mississippi police arrested a man on drug charges during a traffic stop after he attempted to hide a gun in a Taco Bell quesadilla. <laughs> And subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now. <laughs> <laughs>